Matt, good morning. I was telling the folks earlier this hour that I could say with pretty high confidence that you were uh, the earliest arriving reporter at the media tent uh, training camp in St. Joseph for those uh, three weeks in July and August. So uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, do you miss us here in St. Joe? Are you missing Missouri Western a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, training camp is a blast. I mean, as much as it's a grind, uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, especially just getting to, to see everybody um, you know, we get to see more football there than we even do when, when the team moves back to the facility. Um, but St. Joe and the entire campus just just treats Chiefs fans and reporters and the team and everything just fantastic. So it's it's always a lot of fun. It's a great place to go. Yeah, agreed. And we'll talk about the future of camp in St. Joseph a little bit later on in this segment. But uh, Chiefs uh, wrapping up their preseason uh, this past Thursday with the victory over Green Bay, went went at Washington as well, and then the loss to Chicago to uh, open up. Um, obviously, you know, it's preseason, uh, only three games compared to four of what it used to be. And, uh, you know, we see the starters for a series or two, or in Thursday's case, almost none, not at all. So always kind of tough to say, you know, tough to ream stuff out of preseason and to read into it too much. Much, but I guess just your overall thoughts of preseason. I guess the first thing that jumps out is probably just how good the starters looked in those couple of series they played, particularly against Chicago and Washington. Yeah, I mean the the first teams, especially. I mean between the first team offense and the first team defense, um, both of them were incredibly efficient. I mean that was that was the, the main thing is that you didn't see um, a lot of mistakes from either one of those units. Obviously, the the offense uh, there was. Nothing to complain about with that first-team offense. Whenever Mahomes was on the field, they went down the field and scored. Um, that was pretty impressive to see. And, and honestly, I mean, I think the defense may have been even more impressive. That's the side of the football where you have the most questions. And, and they just gave up nothing. I think they had six drives on the, on the, on the three preseason games, uh, gave up six punts, uh, they had three three-and-outs. Uh, yeah, there's question marks on the other side of the ball and on each of those teams, and no Aaron Rodgers, sure. But that's still brutally efficient, and that's, I think, a good sign for this team. I mean, they can't rest on their laurels to a degree, I think, especially on the defensive side. You can't think that maybe you're further ahead in the process than you are. Um, but I, I thought it was really impressive what you saw from both sides of the football. And, of course, uh, big Chiefs news on kind of the sadder note uh, this past week, uh, learning of the uh, passing of Hall of Fame quarterback and broadcaster uh, Len Dawson passing away at uh, age 87. He had entered hospice care uh, earlier in the month and uh, passed away, uh, uh, as we learned, uh, from a statement from his family. And then, of course, that uh, you know happened you know just shortly before the uh, preseason finale at home on Thursday um, uh, against the Green Bay Packers. And the only time we saw Patrick Mahomes on the field was, of course, the uh, delay of game penalty, the choir-style huddle. The delay of game, they call it on number 16. Obviously, a, a great touch. Uh, um, but uh, just hearing CEO Clark Hunt talk, it sounds like we'll be seeing uh, probably more tributes uh, to the late Len Dawson as this season goes on. Yeah, I think that the, the Chiefs certainly want to do something when there's a, a little bit more time to prepare something. And certainly for a game mm -hmm. where there's going to be a bigger crowd. I mean, the preseason still doesn't draw a lot of attention. Um, it wasn't a full stadium or by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I think they certainly want to do something more. Um, the one thing that just you know completely stands out to me about Lenny is just that you don't hear any bad stories. Um, people that had interactions with Lenny over the years just come away with you know great stories about how gracious and kind he's been over the years. And that's just something that seems like a throwback. Um, like Lenny was in so many ways. And I'll, I'll always remember, you know, getting to see him in the press box and 
kind of holding court in the eating area over there. You know, he, he, you'd see his, some of his old friends. You'd see people from around the league come by and kind of, you know, pay their respects to, to talk to him and just get a chance to shake his hand. You'd see uh, even fans would sneak in there every once in a while and, and, and try to meet him. Um, th- those are the things that stand out. Is just really, to me, how much of a, an everyday guy that Lenny Dawson was and, and how gracious he was with the fans. Matt Derrick, ChiefsDigest.com, joining us this morning on the hotline here on KFEQ. Well, let's go back to training camp a little bit. It was less than two weeks ago that they pulled out of town on Thursday, August the 18th, and uh, certainly a good camp, you know, no attendance restrictions this year. Not, I don't think as hot this year, and we had a few humid days, but really had a lot of pleasant weather. Uh, we only had to go indoors for rain uh, one time over the course of the three weeks, and uh, very exciting uh, rookie class this year with, you know, uh, obviously running back Isaiah Pacheco, kind of a steal in the seventh round. Sky Moore kind of anticipated to be a speedster in special teams and receiving. We've seen that. George Karloftis, the impressive uh, first-round pick out of Purdue at defensive end. He has been a pleasant surprise. Um, uh, You know, probably a, lo- a lot of guys that uh, had some good performances. Uh, what were just some of the players or just other storylines that kind of jumped out at you at camp that you're going to be keeping your eye on as this season goes on? Yeah, I, I think the one for sure, you know, we're talking about a lot of the young faces, you know, with 10 draft picks on this team. And honestly, most of them looked like they belonged. And, and the Fab Five, is, if they take it to being called, yeah. uh, with the five defensive backs, that's going to be a group to watch because I, I think all five of them have a chance to stick around. Um, may not all make the active roster, but certainly there's interest in having them still in the practice squad that could be a core group going forward for the future. And, and they, they seem to enjoy playing together. They, they seem to be good friends already at this point. So I, I think that's going to be a really interesting story to watch. You know, on the other side of the ball, it's, it's been Mahomes and these receivers. And, yes, Sky Moore I, I, certainly to me looks like a, a bit more of a polished receiver than I was expecting. And, and maybe even developing chemistry with Mahomes a little bit more quickly. I, I still think it's tough for rookies and newcomers into an offense to – to make a big impact in an Andy Reid in his first year, but that's one thing the Chiefs have is nothing but new faces and veterans and rookies at that spot outside of McCole Hardman. So they're going to have to lean on some people. And it certainly looked like in training camp you saw Mahomes trying to build that chemistry with those guys and trying to develop some trust with that entire group so that, you know, hey, in the past, sometimes when things got tough for Mahomes, it was nothing but Hill and Kelsey. Well, he's only got one of those guys now. So it's going to be dependent. The success of this season, I think, is going to be dependent on Mahomes trusting some other guys and spreading the football around. We saw that in St. Joe, and I think we saw that translate into the preseason games as well. Yeah, of course, the additions of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, certainly adds some excitement. And wanted to ask you about camp in St. Joe real quick, but somebody uh, that I got to catch up with in St. Joseph, and fans have been hearing him now on KFEQ for the last 28 years, uh, Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, uh, got to interview him, and that was certainly fun. I hadn't met him before, but when I asked him just you know his impressions, I think this was week two of camp and just his overall expectations, the, the phrase that he used, and I think he said it at Red Rally too, is that this team seems hyper-focused, seems like they have a chip on their shoulder, seems like they have something to prove, even though this team has proven themselves time and again with six straight uh, division championships, hosting four straight AFC title games, which is an NFL record. But yet, you know, coming off of last year, whether it was the three and four start or blowing the lead against Cincinnati in the AFC championship, seems like this team came in, you know, and obviously the Tyreek Hill trade in March maybe fueled some doubt as well. But uh, yeah, from what Mitch described, he used the phrase, hyper-focused, I mean, dating all the way back to OTAs and to now, 
Have you seen that kind of attitude as well? Yeah, you know, and to me, it, it honestly does remind me a lot of 2019 because that that training camp, we heard repeatedly from this team, from Clark Hunt on down, that they were four inches away from the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, that that's what it was, the D Ford offside. I mean, nobody nobody necessarily said it out loud, but they talked about four inches, mm-hmm. and there was no doubt about what they were referring to. Um, and this time around, you're hearing the kind of the same thing. They, this team feels like they were one play away from going back to a third straight Super Bowl. It was that one play that they didn't make. And there were, unfortunately, quite a few of those plays that could be described. But, you know, Chris Jones has taken it upon himself is that, you know, he, he, he let a sack get away from him that would have won that game. And you can really see, I think, with Chris Jones, just how, you know, a great example of how focused this team is. And, because uh, I, I think he had an absolutely fantastic camp. Uh, that seems to be the general reviews from the Chiefs as well. They've been really impressed and surprised, even just that you know how much a veteran like that, this many years in the league, is going to be is taking camp that seriously and attacking it the way that he did. Um, and I think it goes back to the motivation. I mean, this this team certainly is playing with that mantra that they were one play away. And they want to get that play back. So, yeah, to me, it reminds me a lot of that that focus that I think we saw in 2019. Yeah, and that was a, a record camp in St. Joseph uh, in terms of attendance. And obviously, uh, that would be the start of a, of a Super Bowl season, first Super Bowl win uh, in 50 years, and uh, kind of started being forged on the Mosaic training fields at Missouri Western here in St. Joseph. Again, Matt Derrick, ChiefsDigest.com, with us for a few more minutes this hour on the hotline. Wanted to tackle the uh, St. Joseph angle with you. Now, 12 training camps in St. Joe, including this year's eight of the first 11 years playoff runs. Of course, 2010 was the first year that they got here. And maybe not so coincidentally, it was shortly thereafter the Chiefs, the tide started turning. Obviously, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, their first year in 2013. And and the rest is uh, history, as they say. Now, of course, I think most people know this by now, but this was the last required year per the current agreement for the Chiefs to be here. They have those two optional years that they can exercise. By my understanding, hearing from Missouri Western leadership that it'll be about March when uh, the leaders from both sides, the Chiefs and Missouri Western, will sit down and uh, kind of hammer it out and see what the future is. Obviously, and I tell people this all the time, I'm I'm from Nebraska, I'm not from here, so coming in here as an outsider and you know getting to cover and watch NFL practice it's a great privilege, and you got to realize, hey, it's not always guaranteed to be in a city like St. Joseph, especially these days, with not very many NFL teams leaving their home city. I think the Chiefs are one of only six or seven that actually travel outside the city for camp. So all of that said, it seems to me, just reading between the lines, I know Clark Hunt and Andy Reid, and uh, I don't know how much the players love staying in dorms for three weeks, but Chiefs leadership seems to really think that there's a benefit to this team, it's almost like a retreat. You know, they bond, they get to know each other, they stay in dorms, they uh, work hard. Um, I guess it, just from what you've been reading and seeing, does it sound like training camp is here to stay in St. Joe at least for the foreseeable future? I mean, I'm I'm bold enough that I could probably make a broad prediction that I think would would hold that as long as Andy Reid's head coach of the Chiefs, the Chiefs are probably going to St. Joe. Now, maybe you have to put the caveat in that maybe they're going to go away for camp as long as Andy Reid's there because there's always things that could change. But there's a lot of things working in St. Joe's favor right now. You know, the, politically, you know, the Chiefs are working on maybe trying to get a new stadium deal. And if that's the case, then they certainly don't want to upset any side at this point. So staying in Missouri, they want to stay in Kansas City, Missouri, they've got to keep the camp here, which makes St. Joe the, the best place to go. 
Um, from a feasibility standpoint, the Chiefs going back to Kansas City to have camp at their own place doesn't really work. I mean, they don't have mm-hmm. the space. They they don't have you know for for ninety players for a month. They don't really have the ability to do that. So it was really cramped during the, the COVID year. I mean, they had to move over and, and put some people and have their lockers over an Arrowhead um, and use golf carts to come over to the facility. I mean, and have meetings at the stadium. It didn't work. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why, but I, I, the, the number one reason why St. Joe works is because it's been efficient. It's, it's successful. I mean, it's been a very clean camp. Um, they've got it down. They know the process there. Um, everything works. People come out and support it. There's, and I can even say, I mean, this to me, I think was the most efficient camp that we've ever been to. I mean, um, I know when Mahomes first got to Kansas City, sometimes there were days that the crowds for autograph days would overwhelm things because you'd get a full capacity on a Wednesday morning that you weren't expecting because Mahomes was signing autographs. Uh, but the ticketing process now seems to work better. You don't get that, you know, just crunch. And Sejo um, does it right. So I, I think the Chiefs would be crazy to leave, and I have not talked to anybody in the organization who wants to leave. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's encouraging to hear, I'm sure, for uh, certainly the businesses and the leaders here in St. Joe. I think Missouri Western said something. I think it was President Elizabeth Kennedy who said, it can't just be Western. It has to be our patrons, the companies, the businesses, you know, the natives, the fans that live here to, you know, get in the ears of people and say, hey, we love them coming here. And what stood out to me, this was only my second year of covering camp and seeing the full crowds again, just the fan accessibility, having people to be able to sit on those bleachers, sit on the berms, plenty of parking. Of course, uh, Missouri Western Athletic uh, coaches, staff, athletes helping to kind of direct traffic as well. So, yeah, I would agree on that efficiency part. Uh, It is uh, really cool. And the best thing is, yeah, you travel, but you're only 50 minutes away uh, if you do need to go back last thing Derek and uh, we'll let you go after this but uh, season starts in uh, 13 days at Arizona 325 central uh, kickoff certainly an intriguing matchup and NFC playoff contender versus AFC playoffs 10 of the 14 opponents this year for Kansas City winning records last year eight opponents who went to the playoffs last year you've got Cincinnati and Buffalo on that schedule this year as well AFC West is as strong as it's been in years to me, it seems like, yes, the Chiefs have the talent to win double digits and to potentially win the division again, but this might be the toughest it has been for them in a while. Yeah, especially just because of how tough it is early in the season. I mean, you come out of the box and it's just you know playoff team after playoff team and, and, and some teams with some new faces right at, at AFC West you know, opponents. I mean, right out of the box, first seven weeks of the season, I mean, it's going to be tough. Um, the one one thing that she certainly have going for them is that Andy Reid usually has his teams ready to play the first month of the season. And, yep. and even though last year was a little bit of a slow start, um, if they're able to maybe pick up a couple of wins that you don't expect in this first seven weeks of the season, um, it could be a pretty good year. Uh, this It's going to be tough. I mean, hey, coming out of this seven-game stretch, you told me right now the Chiefs were going to be four and three or five and two. That's actually pretty good. I mean, as with this opponent. It's going to be easier. It's going to lighten up, especially at the end of the year. You know, this team should be able to feast and pick up some wins late. Um, but I'm pretty bullish on their prospect, especially if they get us to another hot start in September and they're able to win three games. That, to me, would would put them on the way to maybe, you know, having a, a really special year where maybe 13 or 14 wins comes into play. 
Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Chiefs will be going for their seventh consecutive uh, division championship this year. Looking to get back to that AFC title game for a fifth straight year and trying to uh, get back uh, to the Super Bowl uh, for the what would be the third time in four years. So, yeah, lots uh, to play for. High expectations, some new faces, but lots of excitement after camp, after uh, the preseason. And, yeah, a terrific game to open the year at Arizona 325 Central. And you'll hear it right here on your home for Chiefs football, KFEQ. Also have to give some love to our sister station, Q Country 92 You'll hear it there as well. He is Matt Derrick, beat writer, ChiefsDigest.com. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Has all the latest uh, Chiefs news and buzz on that page there. And uh, Matt, good to see you at St. Joe this past year. Thanks so much for coming on the hotline this morning and have fun this season. Absolutely. You too as well, Tommy. It's good catching up with you after we were, you know, friends for an entire month and <laughs> getting cut off from you. Uh, you know what? It just doesn't feel right. But catching up with you has been great. I appreciate it. Yeah, good uh, reunion this morning. Thanks, Matt.